into the contest. It's Monday the 24th of May. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Now Shane's playing golf with his mates at Magenta Shores. Now I ask you the question, Shane. Did anyone get hit where the sun don't shine like Roger Federer did to that bloke the other day? Boy, oh boy, whack straight in the crackers. Oh, did you see that, mate? And the pain. My, i got goosebumps on my arms just thinking about it now because, uh, yeah, when you get hit there, it's not good and... The crown jewels go straight into your throat, mate. But uh, no, I haven't got anyone up here in the nether region, mate. But uh, I'm too busy focusing on the green. I used to love it when it happened. In, I would not love it, but it was interesting when commentators would try and explain their way around it. Well, he's just been hit <laughs> in the solar plexus there. <laughs> All right, coming up on Afternoon Sport today, the Chief Executive Officer of the New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden, and two-time Premiership player with North Melbourne, Corey McKernan. All right, let's start with a bit of motorsport. Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, they're saying it's it's his lowest point ever. Of course, all the bells and whistles, wasn't there, Shane, around him going to McLaren and how good this was going to be. And, yeah, it's fallen apart in Monaco, Some a place he's always done well at. And big big time, mate. And uh, he's going into to that race where with huge expectations. What people have to remember in this sport there is significant money um, invested. And when a player um, or, or, or a sportsman has a really bad time on what should be their best course, um, they're definitely really, really in trouble. And uh, I think he finished 12th, mate. So it wasn't a great, great outing for uh, Daniel Ricciardo. No, it wasn't good for him. So uh, he, he, I suppose if he's hit rock bottom, there's only one place to go. Uh, quickly in the AFL, some extraordinary games. So close. Um, uh, who's your team just at this point? I know you're a Swans man, but is there a team that's just jumping up at you? Yeah, the Bulldogs looking good. Um, I'm still going to stick with the Swannies. I know they're not going to win the competition this year, but they're playing well. Um, Richmond will turn it around. There's too many good players that have had uh, have too much experience for them not to lift at the right time. But right now, um, the Bulldogs, for me, are the team with the best midfield uh, should look to dominate into the uh, into the finals this year. Yeah, huge story in rugby league. Of course, Manly lifted so well against Parramatta yesterday after the loss of their legend, Bob Fulton. And uh, we're going to talk about that and much, much more with New South Wales Rugby League Chief Executive Officer David Trodden, who's next on Afternoon Sport. Well, so much rugby league about, and of course, the sad news across the weekend with the loss of rugby league immortal Bob Fulton. We're joined now by the Chief Executive Officer of New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden. A, a huge loss for the game. Yeah, it's uh, a really sad day, isn't it? Because uh, Bozo is just such a giant of the game and um, and, a, and a huge loss for the game. And uh, when someone like Bozo passes away, Tim, you know, it's really hard for a lot of um uh, so, younger generation of rugby league fans to actually uh, understand the contribution that he made to the game because a lot of them wouldn't have ever seen him play. But, you know, mm. what I was saying to some people yesterday is that you, you think about um, the best player running around in the game at the moment, and well, Bozo was better than that player. And you think about the best yeah. coaches in the game at the moment. And Bozo was the equal of any of them. And then you think about, you know, the most influential broadcaster around and Bozo is probably the equal of all of them. And, and all of those three things are wrapped up in one person. And so, you know, he was just an absolute giant. And um, 
his his legacy uh, will um, will go on for many many years, particularly in New South Wales, and obviously uh, most particularly over um, on the Northern Beaches. Big time, Dave, and um, he, he really was a giant. But um, the thing that I found sort of um, quite amazing in the last day was that the amount of ex-players or ex-workmates, um, being broadcasters or whatever, have come out, all obviously in a huge amount of tears. He had a profound effect on a lot of people as a coach, as a player, and as you said, as a broadcaster. And it's a big, big hole to fill, particularly for the Manly Football Club, who played really well last night, by the way. Yeah, and I think what you see, Shane, when, when what, what that outpouring of emotion comes from is that is that people talk about his publicly they know his professional capacity, mm-hmm. great player, great coach, great broadcaster. But but what they don't necessarily see publicly is the is the massive loyalty that he had to uh, people that he considered to be friends. And, you know, the ones, the, the people that he was close to, there's nothing he wouldn't do for them. And and it's that that causes that sort of massive um, outpouring of that loyalty yep. because I think you'd find that those players, all of those players, Bozo would have done something way above and beyond for them or, or you know, the broadcast colleagues, he would have done something way above and beyond for them as well. And it's that, it's it's a sort of human, the human side of it which causes um, mm. that massive outpouring of emotion. Yeah, well, our thoughts are definitely with his his family and close ones today, this Monday morning. Um, as as we change subjects, and obviously the uh, the gravity of the stories drop quite heavily when we just talk about football. But this crackdown on foul play, Trotto, uh, it's it's set the cat amongst the pigeons in a way, particularly in and around New South Wales State of Origin and Queensland State of Origin selection players that just won't be available next week. Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because um the game started in 1908, and you've never been able to whack anybody in the head since 1908. And mm. so uh, people are getting excited now about the fact that they seem to think you can't whack people in the head anymore. It's never been allowed. Um, I think uh, from our point of view, uh, Tim, one of the, you know, we've got a coach who's relatively relaxed about those sorts of things, and the approach he takes to it is to say, well, you know, if that's the way it is, just get on with it. Um, and don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be penalised or where you're going to be uh, sent to the simian or even sent off. It will it will certainly have an effect on um, the way Origin is played, but it's but it's up to uh, uh, to, to us to make sure that uh, that, that we adapt um, to the way it's going to be really quickly and make and make sure we don't cause problems for ourselves. So. Uh, you know the the control of that whole issue is in our hands, and so if anything goes wrong, we'll have no one we'll no one to blame but ourselves. It's not not much point in blaming um, administrators uh, for a crackdown. It'll be us that uh, has the ability to control it. That's a really good point, and um, I think you find um, in part in the past that you know, good sportsmen, good teams adapt really quickly. South have not adapted. They've, I think they've had about 130 points scored against in the last three games. But the Panthers, they are on fire, aren't they? Oh, and um, it's hard to see when they're going to lose a game. They, yeah, they just, I know. It's, um, yeah, they're winning for fun. <laughs> and they, yeah. they uh, yeah, they're just uh, outstanding. And, they, and and some of their, their their key young players, who also happen to be New South Welshmen, um, thankfully, are uh, – uh, are just going so well, aren't they? And and you know when when you can get a guy like Matt Burton, who's essentially um, come out of their second tier, and and playing like someone who um, you might even consider picking in a state of origin squad. I mean, that's yeah. just an amazing display of depth and um, and uh, just just uh, that that sort of underlines how well they're going, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and of course he's pretty excited by, uh, all the Bulldogs are pretty excited by the idea of the form of Matt Burton because he's heading there next year and they definitely need a, uh, a turn of luck. Now, there's, there's huge anticipation and excitement, isn't there, around State of Origin. Of course, we have a huge night next week with the picking of the team. And I think after, look, I mean, we got the series done last year, didn't we? But, you know, it was a very tough old time to chuck it at the back end of the year and just manage it through various COVID breakouts. I think that the, the, there's an enormous amount of excitement right across the rugby league world. Yeah, um, we've got every reason to be really confident, I think, um, that will go well, particularly on the back of the form that um, that Penrith have, are displaying because, mm. uh, you know, that, that's that's where you would expect um, quite a few of our players to play from, uh, to come from. So uh, just reflecting on last year, Tim, you know, when we were going into that uh, competition, I, I was thinking to myself because uh, Penrith and a couple of the other teams um, – were there at the end of the season that you know that maybe that would give us an advantage because we had some guys who were playing you know right up to the to the finish where some of the Queenslanders had hadn't played really since the semi-finals had started. But on reflection, I think maybe some of our guys uh, had had a long year with COVID and maybe um, they're a little bit cooked by the time it came to Origin. So I think you'll see. Um, a really different um, origin this year. It'll be a really free-flowing, um, exciting form of footy, and I reckon that'll suit us tap down to the ground. And um, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll have a couple of players missing with um, potential suspensions, but we've got so many players in good form that um, we've got we've got a lot of. Uh, talent, exciting and young talent to pick mm. from and um, much to look forward to. So you're saying 3 nil win to us, Dave? Oh, I'm looking forward to a 3 nil <laughs> win every year, but I mean, uh, always, always difficult to win um, in Brisbane. And it doesn't matter when you go into a series, it doesn't matter how we've been going over the years or how Queensland have been going over the years. It's, it's always so tight, you know. It's, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a point here, it's a point there, and that's what causes Origin to be so great. So uh, you can talk it up. Um, people like me can talk it up all I like. I don't have to play. But uh, <laughs> but um, the one thing wait. you know is you, the one thing you always know is that come what may, it'll be close. Yeah, it, it's going to be close. It really will be. And uh, I cannot wait for it. And, and speaking to people in Melbourne who love their sport, there's huge anticipation there as well. David Trodden, the boss of New South Wales Rugby League, it's always a delight to have you on Afternoon Sport. Thanks, mate. And always a pleasure to be. Oh. Thanks, Trotto. Take care, mate. See ya. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the latest AFL North Melbourne boy, oh boy, Corey McKernan, AFL legend, is with us next. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. It's interesting, you follow some people's Instagram uh, and it looks like such a glamorous lifestyle. Red wine, open fires. Corey McKernan, two-time premiership player for North Melbourne. Boy, oh boy, you live it, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do get to a little bit, but the, the, I can't take credit for that fire because the kids did it. So I think, <laughs> oh. I, think I think it's my wife that's got the kids well-trained, not me. Hey, Corey, let's start off with um, the Tigers went down to the Lions. The Lions played really well and the Tigers not not happy afterwards. Yeah, I, I don't know where the uh, the humble Tigers have gone because it just seems like every single week they've, there's something new that, that pops up. And uh, look, full credit to the Lions. They, they really went out and played aggressive. And mm. the only thing I still wonder about a little bit with the Lions and uh, – 
if I'm if I'm paying someone a lot of money and, and they are paying Danaher a lot of money, I just hope that it doesn't. It, it has in in past years with the Lions really come back to haunt them. They're they're kicking in front of goal and they and they mm. really should have won the game by a hell of a lot more. But the Tigers, as I mentioned, uh, yeah, whinging about the free kick count at half time. So I think it's about time maybe the Tigers got back to the the humble Tigers and just started playing football and not worried about where they're playing football, how many free kicks. Just get on with it. Well, if you're drinking beautiful peppery McLaren Vale Shiraz across the weekend, it turned a brown musket when North Melbourne played. Uh, it certainly did. Look, they obviously had a reality check, but... Look, on the flip side, as we've kept mentioning over the last few weeks, look, the Bombers have got a really exciting crop of players that are coming through. And, yeah, unfortunately for North Melbourne, they're, um, you know, I mean, it was a it was a harsh reality check. But, we, look, you know you're going to have those ups and downs of, of what's going on with North Melbourne this year. But it was full, full credit to the Bombers because they certainly came out and gave it to them. But what about those close matches? It's unbelievable for the AFL. Like one-point games, like- was it two or three on the weekend? Um, the D's finally went down. The D's finally went down, but uh, I think it is one of the the great stories of the year. He had a, he did have a bit of a rest last week, which he wasn't happy with. Was mm. a big big Tex Walker, but I don't think there's a player in the competition who I would rather have the ball in their hands to have yeah. a shot to put you in front because Tex is just it's got such a marvelous uh, kicking action and. Mm. Uh, yeah, like it was cometh the hour, cometh the man. And he, uh, I mean, he had the shot. I think uh, five, it's it's the stuff that you dream about as a player. Yeah. You know, when you're five points down, not a lot of time left on the clock. And Tex did what Tex does and, and put it right through the big Texan. And I, I think he's now leading the Coleman by, by a few goals now. Well, when things don't go right, they don't go right, do they? Collingwood, uh, they went so close. And that, that great comeback from Port Adelaide. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Look, it, it just seems like too when uh, things aren't aren't going your way, and yeah, they're, they're just when everything is as a club. And it, look, it was a big day for the club because I don't know whether people knew out there as well. The off field things are simmering. Uh, one of yeah. the members was outside the MCG collecting signatures for a what is it? An extraordinary, extraordinary. general meeting yeah. and. Yeah, I I think they need about four thousand signatures for that to happen, but. I don't know whether everyone outside of Collingwood sees it other than people within, but it does seem like Collingwood does need a bit of a fresh start and, and who knows if they if they get this EGM, it, it might provide a bit of uh, a, a clear space for everyone to operate in. Well, reading the paper on the weekend, uh, Nathan Buckley has had a fresh start. He's got a new good-looking girlfriend apparently. So things aren't that bad, are they, for Nathan? Yeah, well, we, it's a bit like Tom, I say that in the NFL with, with Tom Brady having Gazelle. Like, you're not really under a lot of stress when you know you're going to walk into the front door to that, are you? Mm, goodness gracious me. I won't go anywhere near that story. Um, what, what, about, uh, what, what about the Western Bulldogs? Um, they're daring to dream again a couple of years later. Yeah, well, I haven't uh, – you boys, I, I haven't really declared it, but for mine – well, I don't know. I think they'll prove on Friday night. There's a mouth-watering clash that's coming up this Friday night. Um, we've got the Western Bulldogs taking on Melbourne. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I personally think the Bulldogs are the premiership favourites with all the all the pieces they've got where they've um, you know, got a great defence, their midfield's out of control, up forward, the rucks, I think all across the – all across the ground for me that they are the the premiership favourites. But, 
you know what? That'll be that'll be proven Friday night. We've got a mouth-watering clash that's going to happen where you've got the two top teams playing on Friday night footy. It's uh, it's the one benefit, boys, too, that with this uh, floating fixture with the AFL, I think it's going to be here to stay because what it does allow – I know the, uh, the NRL have probably been doing it for years, but mm. – with the AFL, I really love the way that this has actually worked out. That you can look a few weeks down, that only three or four weeks down the track, and um, even though it's a bit of a nightmare for fans trying to plan when you're going to go to the footy, but the upside is, um, and maybe just on that, I think um, maybe the AFL have to consider that that maybe maybe people know in advance that they're not planning to go to the footy like they used to, and they can probably just stay at home and, and watch a good game of footy. It's not a bad call, actually, and, uh, and I think it's, it gives players a bit more focus too. They don't, don't look too far ahead, but uh, I agree, mate. The Bulldogs looking good. They smashed and killed on the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, they. Uh, it's one thing that they are doing very well at the moment. That once they get a team, they really know how to grind them. And uh, yep. look. St Kilda, they are in a lot of trouble because they really loaded up in the off season, and, and they'd sort of they've left themselves not a lot of places to go. At least. Look, at least with North Melbourne, they, they've taken their medicine and whilst we may, you know, I mean, laugh at the fact that they're not winning, but at least they admitted where they're at and they've done something about it. These clubs are a little bit like uh, St Kilda, Collingwood and probably a little bit Hawthorne. They're, they're going to have to start their rebuild probably at the end of this year and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long road uh, ahead for them. Mm. Finally, uh, Melbourne had a loss, but there'll be almost not so much around the playing group and the coaching staff, I would think, but around the Melbourne people, there'll almost be a little bit of relief that 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 run has ended because it was going to end at some point. Oh, look, and if you're going to lose, you'd rather lose the way probably that they did. I I, I was watching the game and I thought with about two or three minutes to go, they went 16 points up. I, I sort of thought that was it. Clayton Oliver mm. and Petrarca and the, the way that these guys were playing were fantastic. I thought, oh, yeah, that's it for the game. But if, you, if you're going to lose, losing interstate against someone like the Adelaide Crows is not the worst way to lose. Yeah, you, you're right. To be able to go through and just keep this uh, this winning run going is probably unsustainable. But look, it's it's the great thing about getting off to a good start, as, as we spoke about Melbourne, They've won, what, I think nine games now. And mm. even if they only win half the remaining games that they play for the rest of the year, they really should still finish top four. So I know losing one game's not bad, but who knows? That could be two this week after they play the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, it could be, but it's better to lose in the middle of the season, regroup, reset your, your goals and, and, and your dreams for the year and uh, and hopefully then gear up for the semis in the finals. Well, it is, and it's the one thing that's amazing. Well, the NRL goes through the same thing. There's no no use uh, being up and about in May and June. It's, no. it's in, it, in September that you really want to make sure that you, you're trying to peak for an event in September, which is quite remarkable. Yeah, and of course, uh, I know you love your golf like I do, and Shane does. He's up there playing beautiful golf at Magenta Shores. Apparently, someone spotted him and said he could well be on the PGA Tour, <laughs> and uh, he's defying his age just like Phil Mickelson at Kiowar Island. Good on you, Corey. Let's talk next week. No worries, boys. Have a great week. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today, of course, to Dave Trodden and to Corey McKernan. 
thank you to our great sponsors. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, our wonderful producer who kicked the goal at soccer yesterday, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.